listening to the Lutheran Ladies Lounge podcast. I'm Sarah. I'm Erin. I'm Bree. And I'm Rachel. And today we are celebrating All Saints Day. We have a quiz today on saints. So pull out your, your phones, ladies, or actually leave them leave them put away so you can be stumped just right. like the rest of us. And Rachel. No cheating, Brianne. <laughs> I, you can see my phone, like I'm on my phone, you can see, like you can see my hand. How, how dare you? (laughs) Rachel, take it away. Thank you, Sarah. Well, happy All Saints Day, ladies. We are actually recording this on All Saints Day Eve, All Mm -hmm. Hallows Eve. So it's uh, appropriate, but you know, because All Saints and Reformation are squished up together every year, one of them always has to give way. And this year it's All Saints for us, which is coming a little bit later. But that doesn't mean we can't celebrate and celebrate very well. So we're having our uh, trivia challenge on All Saints Day, all things related to All Saints Day. And we will start with an easy warm up question. Oh, no. Are you ready? Yep. Okay. What does the word saint mean? Holy. Holy! Yeah. <laughs> Holy Moses, Sarah, you're right. Oh, <laughs> right. <laughs> now, the English word saint comes directly from the Latin word sanctus, you know, which you'll remember from the holy, 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 the sanctus in the service. Uh, and the word was translated from the Greek hagios, which you might remember from the Hagia Sophia in Mm -hmm. uh, Istanbul, not Constantinople. And all these words (laughs) simply mean holy. And so a saint is literally just a holy one. So I do feel, because there are some people who would probably say, isn't that all kind of Catholic? We ought to get the elephant in the room out of the way right away. So Mm. question number two, true or false, confessional Lutherans honor saints. True. True. Yes. True. True. Yes. <laughs> Difference between honoring and venerating, though. Mm-hmm. So let's let's get into this a little bit. Share a few lines from Pastor William Whedon's wonderful book, Celebrating the Saints, which is available yes. from CPH and which I highly recommend if you're interested in this subject at all. But he opens the book thusly. He says, the first part of the Augsburg Confession starts with the Holy Trinity and concludes with the saints. It is surely remarkable that the cult of the saints was not included among the abuses needing correction, but simply as part of the universal faith that the Lutherans rejoiced to receive from the ancient church. So he says, despite the abuses, Lutheran Christians knew and confessed that there was a rightful place in the life of the congregation and of the individual Christian for the remembrance of the saints. If you'll bear with me, I'll go on and quote a little bit, just so we know we're all good in Lutheran here, from the Augsburg Confession, (laughs) Article 21 of the Worship of the Saints, so that there's no doubt in our minds that we're doing the right thing here today. Uh Of the worship of saints, they teach, that is, our churches, that the memory of saints may be set before us, that we may follow their faith and good works according to our calling, as the emperor may follow the example of David in making war to drive away the Turk from his country. Okay, bad example. Um, for <laughs> both our kings. Cut that one. <laughs> but the, the point remains, he says, 
This is about the sum of our doctrine in which, as can be seen, there is nothing that varies from the scriptures or from the church Catholic or from the church of Rome as known from its writers. This being the case, they judge harshly, who insist that our teachers are regarded as heretics, presumably because we don't respect the saints. So he says, for it is a false and malicious charge that all the ceremonies, all the things instituted of old are abolished in our churches. But it has been a common complaint that some abuses were connected with the ordinary rites. These, inasmuch as they could not be approved with a good conscience, have been, to some extent, corrected. So, to translate the translation, uh, <laughs> Lutherans do still respect, honor, look to the saints as examples of godly faith and life. We just correct the abuses that were prevalent, and we'll get on to some of those later on in the quiz, in the Roman Catholic Church prior to the Reformation. But by and large, we still love the saints. So that being so, we will move forward in good conscience with the rest of our quiz. <laughs> All right. We're still sort of in the warm-up section of this, so oh boy, uh, this will build confidence, hopefully. <laughs> Question three. You probably know that there's a connection between Halloween and All Saints Day. What is it? All Hallows' Eve. It's the, the night, night before. It's the evening before the Saints' Day, but, the, but it's not the All Hallows. I'm just not going to say anything because things. I'm... I'm triggered by post-traumatic <laughs> stress disorder right now. I remember talking about this in, in my All Saints Day episode last year about the uh -huh. difference between All Hallows Eve and All Saints Day. And I, Is it, was it oh, All they, Hallows? Oh, go ahead. They, in the uh, ancient church, wasn't All Hallows Eve when they remembered those who had died and All Saints Day was when they remembered those who lived? Or am I getting that wrong? No, oh, I think it's the, I think it's. Is it the other way? <laughs> No, it's not those who lived. It's it's like the one is we remember all the dead and the other one we remember specifically the saints. No, no. I've got it. I've got it. He's got it. Okay. In the one, the All Hallows is all the Christians who have died. All saints is in the Catholic Church, only those who have been canonized. Martyrs and not martyrs. Are we totally no, off base in all of this? You're so know. close, but yeah, you're, you're so off base. Okay. <laughs> okay. Fix it. Fix it. We're trying okay. so hard. Okay, you actually guys conflated questions three and four, so you're saving Whoa. time on the quiz. <laughs> so here is your brief primer on these confusing days of Hallow Mass. Hallow Mass. Think of that, that's another Whoa. name for it. Hallow is just an the English old English word for holy. So. Right. Mm -hmm. We're right back where we started. All Hallows' Eve is literally the night before All Saints' Day. Oh, All right? Is that it? And then it's followed on November 2nd. Oh, wait! By All Souls' Day. Yeah! Oh! That's it. So... All Saints Day was established, it, it sort of takes its, its roots from Pope Gregory III in the 8th century, who founded an oratory in St. Peter's for the relics, quote, of the holy apostles and of all saints, martyrs, and confessors. So here, Aaron, is where you're right, that, that All Saints Day focus on those special saints that have been recognized by the church, specifically by the church Catholic. And 
All Souls Day is the commemoration of the faithful departed in the Day of the Dead, a day of prayer and remembrance for the souls of those who have died in the faith. So that brings me to my next question. Does this distinction matter for Lutherans? No. 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 So we usually just celebrate All Saints Day. There are a few Lutherans out there who like to draw the distinction, and that's... I don't think there's necessarily a problem with it. But, you know, the Lutheran confession is that whether we're talking about St. Paul or St. Louis, my grandmother, (laughs) that the saints are made holy by the blood of Christ and by faith in his salvation. And so that it's appropriate that we celebrate all saints on All Saints Day, recognizing that Christ's salvation is given to them. Their holiness comes from him. So yes, we do generally combine the celebrations. Also, there's a whole lot going on this time of year. We... We, yeah. <laughs> it's hard to make time for all the festivals that are here. Prerogative. <laughs> it's just you know more efficient, and that's a good German Lutheran value. Yeah, Lutheran love efficiency. What are you uh, talking about? It's the hallmark so, of the Lutheran way. While we're talking about the connections between all the holidays that take place this weekend, you've probably also noticed that Halloween and Reformation Day are the same day. Wait, they are? No way. They are. And it's not a coincidence, actually. So why? Why did Luther choose Halloween, All Hallows Eve, to post his 95 theses on the door of the Castle Church in Wittenberg? You know, I was just wondering that the other day, but I didn't actually look it up. I think I, I have know. no idea. I'm making a guess. Go okay. for it. Because everyone would have been heading to confession before the mass on the next day. And so they would they would be heading to church and they would see his announcement. And so it would get the word out very efficiently. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's the simple answer is All Saints Day was a huge deal at this church. And a whole lot of people would have showed up that day. It was, speaking of efficiency, yes, it was an efficient way to get the word out very quickly. The Castle Church in Wittenberg was was, uh, home to Frederick the Wise, Elector of Saxony, who had a very interesting collection of over 5,000 saints' relics. Oh, my. Now, of course, veneration of saints' relics was a very popular part of medieval spirituality. And All Saints Day was one of the few days of the year when this collection would be trotted out and accessible to people. So it brought in a huge crowd at this particular church. Hmm. And they would come, people would come from all over to venerate the relics. And so it was a, a great time to be posting something okay. to the church bulletin wow. board because uh, wow. it was going to get seen. Well, the, the Castle Church in Wittenberg is actually, it's All Saints Church is the actual name of it. Mm-hmm. So that totally, yeah, yep. big deal. Yep. It was the, the equivalent of a boosted post in a major way. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so great. We named our church after it. Yes. <laughs> So saints, as you can see from this, played an oversized role in Christian spirituality during the Middle Ages, including in Luther's own upbringing. So question six, to which saint 
did Luther pray during a particularly dark and stormy moment in his early life? Oh, it was Mary, wasn't it? Nope. No. Anne. No. Anne. Saint Anne. Saint I Anne. I have a little short mo- uh, cartoon about it, and so it's fresh in my mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, you've seen the cartoon, Aaron. Tell us the story. <laughs> well, that's all I read. The cartoon was very brief. <laughs> There was a storm and he prayed to St. Anne that if he survived, he would rededicate himself. Yes. So this all took place supposedly in 1505. Of course, as always happens, historians today wonder, you know, how accurate the story is. But I think it, it actually is definitely credible that Martin Luther had been studying law in Erfurt and had just received his master's degree and thought he'd go home and pay a visit to his family and was traveling 90 kilometers north to the town of Mansfeld, where his his father was a a businessman there, well, a a miner. And on the way, he was caught in a violent thunderstorm and was scared for his life. And so as he sought shelter, he cried out in his desperation, help me, Saint Anne, and I will become a monk, or some version of that line. (laughs) And uh, he survived the storm, And he became a monk and not just any monk, an Augustinian who were extra monkey monks. Uh, (laughs) And the rest is kind of history. So why St. Anne? Did she have power over storms or something? Why would he cry to St. Anne for help? Was it or was that more of like that's his family saint? And so that's who he was likely to cry out to. Okay, so here's what I've got from from very quick Googling. That wasn't one of my questions, uh-huh. but you've uh-huh. asked, you've just quizzed the quizzer. Yes. <laughs> the, the tables, tables have been turned. <laughs> so remember that Luther's father I just mentioned, Hans Luther, was a minor. Uh-huh. Yeah. And Saint Anne was the patron saint of minors. So he would have probably felt oh. a very special connection to sure. her from his sure. family upbringing okay so okay. there you go but who was saint cool. Anne? there's your bonus question get some extra credit here i know because i'm looking at it right now because i looked it up too <laughs> cheater cheater what was she I, we just talked about Anne, and i was now i'm curious do you, i i won't answer no, though if, if you guys want to no. guess i don't That's, i don't know it's okay. Go for it. You use your rotten spoils of Google. Sorry, yeah, I cheated. Patroness of unmarried women, housewives, women in labor, or want to be pregnant, grandmothers, and educators. Also patroness of horseback riders, cabinet makers, and minors. Well, yeah, that's who she was patron of, but who was she? Yeah, we don't know. Oh, I don't know. I didn't look that up. <laughs> according I to, a horse once. According to church tradition, St. Anne was the mother of the Virgin Mary. Uh-huh. And therefore, oh. Jesus's maternal Jesus grandma. Grandma, that mm-hmm. makes sense now. So, wait, what was the first one? She was she's patron patron saint of was it unwed mothers? Yeah, unmarried women, unmarried women, and housewives, oh, okay. and women in labor or want to be oh, pregnant. Okay, got it. Okay, okay, carry on. Covers a lot. It does. Okay, yeah. Wow. Go Saint Anne. The existence of Saint Anne is, of course not actually attested to us by scripture, which is why you all didn't recognize her immediately. But it <laughs> it comes to us, she comes to us from early church tradition, as do many of the accounts of the lives of saints that 
happen in the centuries following the close of the New Testament accounts. That doesn't mean that these saints' lives aren't useful, but it does mean that they aren't scripture and shouldn't be read as such. And may, you know, some of the accuracy of the accounts may be called into question. All the same, saints' lives were widely read and very popular throughout the Middle Ages. And I just got to say, they are riveting even today. I like to think of them as being the Marvel superhero movies of their time and because yeah. they're full of like daring deeds and worthy heroes and superhuman feats of power. So because I find these so interesting, the next few questions will cover a few of the more interesting and relevant moments from these traditional saints' lives accounts. So this is the fun part of the quiz. Are you ready? <laughs> yup. <laughs> Okay, we're going to start with a female saint, since this is a women's podcast, St. Lucy, whose feast day is December 13th. You may remember her as being the, in the Swedish tradition, young girls wearing those wreaths of candles oh, on yeah, St. Yeah. Lucia Day. Yeah. Her story echoes one of the more common backstories from female saints, many of whom were persecuted and killed for a very specific reason. What was it? Heresy? Nope. You can't be a saint and a heretic at the same time. <laughs> no, like you could be accused of heresy. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I, I predict it was visions. She saw visions. Okay, and... any other answers? Yeah. The stigmata. Oh. I don't know. I mean, I figured it has something to do with witnessing the faith, but I don't know. Okay, so here we go. This is from Catholic.org. So Lucy's mother... Tried to arrange a marriage for her with a pagan. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and Lucy knew her mother could not be swayed by a young girl's vow. <laughs> oh. Okay. So they come up with a plan that would allow, extricate her from this uh, arranged marriage to a pagan man. But the rejected bridegroom was deeply angered. And went and complained about this to the governor Pascasius. Pascasius. Of course. He and did. yeah. So here's the where the story picks up. The governor attempted to force her into defilement at a brothel creep. Oh yikes. What? But wow. the guards who came to take her away were unable to move her at, even after hitching her to a team of oxen. Whoa. Oh my. The guards heaped bundles of wood around her, but it wouldn't burn. So finally, they resorted to their swords, and Lucy met her death. Wow. Goodness. So she was killed for refusing to marry a pagan. Good for her. And this was actually an astoundingly common story uh, in the lives of female saints. Just a few, Agrippina, Basilissa, Cecilia, Eurosia, Susanna, Noyella, Winifred, all of them were persecuted for the same or similar reason. Wow. Yeah, so I, I guess I should just say take heart for those single Lutheran sisters who are holding out for a faithful Christian husband. Yeah, you, are in you don't need no man company. <laughs> <laughs> and you probably won't get burned at the stake for refusing to marry someone who isn't Christian these days. Right. Is, I'm glad <laughs> even if we're past that. <laughs> in Lucy's case. Wow. So for question 
eight, we're going to turn to the story that originally inspired the topic for this episode's quiz. When I read it, I was like, ah, we've got to do a trivia challenge on this sort of stuff. <laughs> so we're going to St. Alban. So as part of our homeschool studies this year, my high school daughter and I were reading selections from the Venerable Bede, an 8th century British historian who is awesome. You should totally find his book on Project Gutenberg. Read it. It's amazing. And we came upon his account of Alban, who was the first Christian martyr in Britain, who was put to death during the third or fourth century when the Romans were in charge, as they were for 400 years, which is still yeah. unreal to me. Crazy. So the story of St. Alban's passion, that is to say his death, is full of moments of high drama. At one point, a stream dries up for him so that he doesn't have to walk through the water on the way to the hill where he's going to be executed. At another point, he says, I'm thirsty and prays for water and a spring opens at his feet. Hmm. His first executioner converts to Christianity along the way and refuses <laughs> to kill him. Whoa. But the most dramatic moment, the one that actually made me just drop my jaw and then laugh out loud when I read it, comes immediately after St. Alban's death. Okay, so here's the question. What fate befell the second executioner? So that, quote, he who laid impious hands on the holy man's neck was not permitted to rejoice over his dead body. His so hands caught on fire and exploded. <laughs> You're closer than you think. It's yeah! Yeah! <laughs> Did they like disintegrate? Nope. Did they fall off? No. Like, did he, he turn into butterflies and fly back? away? He did lose a body part, though. Going back to the venerable bead, his eyes dropped upon the ground at the Whoa! same moment as the blessed martyr's head fell. Holy moly! Imagine so, that. So, uh, his executioner wow. lost his eyeballs, so he could not look upon the body and gloat over what he had just done. Yeah. Wow! See what All I right. mean? Like, Marvel can't has nothing on these guys. No. <laughs> Wow. Okay, so we're going to go on to another story that I just love. Perhaps since we're we're uh, we love Michigan on this show. Yeah. Uh, you <laughs> visited at some point the gorgeous Lutheran Church of St. Lawrence in Frankenmuth. Some people say St. Lawrence, but it's St. Lawrence. It's St. Lawrence. Um, it's one of the 14 charter congregations in the LCMS. And I got to visit there a few times during my husband's vicarage when he was serving at Emmanuel Frankentrost just up the road. Mm -hmm. So the church's namesake, St. Lawrence, and the, the church was named because several churches in the Franconia region of Germany where these Lutherans came from were named after the saint. So they just, you know, in a, I guess in a fit of homesickness, brought the name over for their church. Sure. But I love it. So the church's namesake, St. Lawrence, was a deacon who served in the early church in Rome and was martyred in the third century AD. As a deacon, he was in charge of handling the church's resources and making sure that the money got distributed to the poor and that all the church made good, holy, faithful work. But of course, if you're going to persecute the church, you really want to get your hands on the church's stuff, which made him a target. Mm -hmm. So here's your question. When we were there, my husband, who was a younger and less seriously minded man at the time, <laughs> giggled out loud when he heard that St. Lawrence would be hosting a church barbecue. <laughs> Why? St. Lawrence was burned to death. That's and they guess. ate him. 
Oh, wow. You went really dark. What did you say, Brie? I missed that. And they ate him. N- no, but. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> was he burned to death? He was, but in a in a special way. On a spit? So put on a spit. On a spit. Yeah. Barbecued nope. to death? On a grill. Yeah. On a yeah. grill. Mm-hmm. Yes. He grilled to death. Oh. Whoa. So, <laughs> I, I'll read a little bit lo- more of this story because it's it's really good. So as a deacon, <laughs> this is from Wikipedia. <laughs> as a deacon in Rome, Lawrence was responsible for the material goods of the church and the distribution of alms to the poor. Ambrose of Milan relates that when the treasures of the church were demanded of Lawrence by the prefect of Rome, he brought forward the poor people to whom he had distributed the treasure of alms. I've heard this. Yes. He says, behold, in these poor persons, the treasures which I promised to show you, to which I will add pearls and precious stones, those widows and consecrated virgins, which are the church's crown. St. Lawrence was a total smart aleck, you guys. <laughs> yes, yes. And I'm yes. guessing that Roman official was not amused at yeah. all. He was so angry that he had a great gridiron prepared with hot coals beneath it and had Lawrence placed on it. Hence Lawrence's association with the gridiron. Oh. After the martyr had suffered pain for a long time, the legend concludes, he cheerfully declared, I'm well done on this side. Turn me over. (laughs) (laughs) From this, St. Lawrence derives his patronage of cooks, chefs, and comedians. Yes! (laughs) I love him. Patron state of comedians? That is awesome. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I like it. I like you, Lauren. this is one example of a story that um, historians believe was probably embellished over time, especially because it was most common for high ranking churchmen like Lawrence to be decapitated, not killed in more creative ways. And they, they one theory says that there was a copy editing mistake in the account of his life that changed the Latin phrase passus est. He suffered or was martyred into, they dropped the P and it said asus est, which means he was roasted. (laughs) So uh, in this case, I'm really grateful for that copy editor's mistake because I really love the story and I kind of hope it's true. So that would be. Is that where we get the, like, is that where we get the comedic term as well of roasting? I hope not, but it would not surprise me. I know what I'm doing this afternoon. Wikipedia will take me away. (laughs) Yeah, once I had the hardest time, I finished my research for this episode about 12 minutes before we recorded because I just could not drag myself away. I obviously couldn't include as many stories as I wanted to, but before we go, we have one more story that we have to cover. We need to turn to one more saint whose name is closely associated with LCMS Lutheran life, St. Louis. Oh, Ah. Because believe it or not, before St. Louis was a city, he was a saint. Okay. Yeah. 
St. Louis was the only French king who was made a saint. He lived in the 13th century from 1214 to 1270, was known as the Monk King for his extreme piety and fought in both the 7th and the 8th Crusades. Wow. So my question for you is, how did he die? Sarah, I feel like you're going to know this one. I don't know. What? I'm amused that we keep having you come up with ways that people have died. <laughs> um, Can we know. get a hint? Yeah, give us a hint. What, was he was he martyred? Is that a is that a silly question? Uh, it's not a silly question. And actually, he wasn't martyred because he lived was in he... a time when Christendom reigned in Europe. It's a very oh, yeah, good question. I um, was he sword? Was he run over by his horse? Okay, fell on his sword, run over by his horse. Aaron, do you have an idea? Um, I'm gonna say sort of a combination of the two. He fell off of his horse. <laughs> okay, for a crusader, that was yeah. a you know yeah. common common thing. All right, here's the actual story. Oh boy! After Louis unexpected recovery from a serious illness, and to honor a vow he made while ill. Louis IX led the 7th and 8th Crusades against the Ayyubids, Bahria, Mamluks, and Hafsid kingdom. He was captured in the first and ransomed. During the latter, he died of dysentery. Oh, I knew it had to be something like that. Oh, man. <laughs> it's like Trail, but the Crusade style. Yes. yes. <laughs> it happens to the best of us, Louis. Like, you have died of dysentery. Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Tales all the time, so, apparently. Yes. So not all saints died gruesome deaths as, as martyrs. Some lived very pious lives and died of dysentery on the died trail. Died of gruesome death of dysentery. <laughs> saints, they're just like us. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so saints' lives, as we're proving, especially those that involve the spontaneous loss of eyeballs, are as exciting <laughs> as they are inspiring. Hmm. But as the reformers remind us, they are not the focus of our Christian faith and should not distract us from the true source of our salvation, Jesus Christ. So let's turn in our final question back to Martin Luther and the sermon he once preached to his church on All Saints Day. So here's your last question, although there will be a bonus one later, because that's how we roll here. But last, last main question, question 12, which saints did Luther think ought most to be honored by Christians? Women, moms. That's a good I, guess. I like the way you think. I have no idea. Okay. To give you the answer, and I hope you will bear with me, I'm going to read an, a few excerpts from the sermon, and they're all squished together, so forgive me for not putting in the dot, dot, dots every time. Um, <laughs> and these are shared by permission from Pastor Joel Basley, who translated hey! this sermon. He was my pastor when I was a kid. That's awesome. He graciously gave me permission to share excerpts from his translation, which you can find in his volume, Festival Sermons of Martin Luther, Highly recommend. And we'll have a link to that in the program notes. So here is Luther preaching to his church and to us on All Saints. I have previously and often said how the saints should be honored. That is, you must make a distinction between the saints who are dead and those who are yet living and what you must do for the saints. You must turn away from the dead and honor the living saints. Mm. The living saints are your neighbors, the naked, the hungry, the thirsty, mm -hmm. poor people, those who have wives and children, who suffer shame, who lie in sins. Turn to them and help them. 
that is where you are to apply your works. Do your good deeds on behalf of the living saints. There is no command that you should honor dead saints, so you cannot be sure whether it pleases God to give them that honor. So let go of that and turn to those whom you know God is pleased that you honor. Don't we have enough to do pursuing what God has commanded us? Why would we want to take on so much more? Yet, as we have often said, when you want to honor the departed saints, do it with the same attitude and follow the example demonstrated by St. Paul to the Romans. There he points to the example of Abraham. He uses him to illustrate that it is only faith that saves and justifies. Here is the true foundation for honoring departed saints. God has written this solely for our comfort. We honor departed saints only so that we might be encouraged and grounded in the doctrine of faith. It is the same doctrine which the saints also taught and by which they lived. Thank God for his favor in giving this to us. Thank God for his goodwill in presenting us examples in his mother and the beloved saints. By these we are comforted and we have even greater joy whenever we think of his mercy. By this and this alone we rightly honor the saints. Other than that, let them rest in God's care. They sleep and live in Christ. Mm. Nice. Luther is just so good, you guys. So I'm going to include St. Martin Luther in the saints who have set an example for us that we can follow and be encouraged in the faith. And I want to follow his example in thanking God, not only for the saints who sleep and live in Christ, which include, you know, the people that we've known, but also the great saints like St. Lucy and St. Lawrence and, and all the rest. But I also want to thank God for the living saints, mm-hmm. especially, you know, for all the living saints in our Lutheran Ladies Lounge community, that we may serve one another and honor the example of the saints by being good to each other. That's where I wanted to end the quiz. And I did promise one bonus question. Yeah, you did. Yeah. What is it? Last year, around this time, we were celebrating one of our favorite All Saints Day hymns, For All the Saints. Yes. (laughs) So good. Can you repeat the stanza that we were, some of us were fighting over without (laughs) looking it up? Yes. I think this question may have to go to Aaron, who likes to sing this in the elevator, as I recall. <laughs> Aaron, stanza five of For All the Saints. Can you remember the words to this? Well, I'll go with the one that I'm I'm assuming you're going with. I don't know which number it is, but and when the fight? Is that the right one? That's the one. Okay, good. Take it away, Aaron. (laughs) And when the fight is fierce, the warfare long, steals on the ear the distant triumph song, and hearts are brave again and arms are strong. Alleluia, alleluia. Amen. All the bonus points for Aaron. (laughs) All the points. All the points. So as we remember the lives of the saints who came before us, Let our hearts be brave and our arms strong as we look to their example in the faith. And that's all I got, Sarah. Yay! Wonderful. I love these quizzes. They're so fun. Yes. We get to learn Mm -hmm. things and hear fun stories. And I don't, well, I don't know. Can we call martyr stories fun stories? They're so interesting. They are. They are. (laughs) 
<laughs> they are inspiring. And I think we all need to go get Pastor Whedon's book now. Mm-hmm. It's such a, a good collection of all of these things. And he's he's a brilliant person anyway. Mm-hmm. So, <sighs> so yes, resources referenced in this episode, if you're going to go get them, are Pastor Whedon's Celebrating the Saints, which is available from CPH, and Pastor Baisley's Luther's Festival Sermons. So we'll have links to both of those in our program notes and hope that you all will enjoy digging into this stuff as much as I did. Well, ladies, if you would like to continue our conversation about saints or if you have your own stories of, I don't know, saints that you find most inspiring or if you have icons, can we talk about icons that you really like to have to remember the lives of the saints? We can talk about all of that in our Facebook group. Join us on our group if you're not there already, the Lutheran Ladies Lounge on Facebook. You can find all of our podcasts at kfuo.org slash Lutheran Ladies Lounge or on your favorite podcasting app. Happy All Saints! You're listening to the Lutheran Ladies Lounge podcast. I'm Sarah. I'm Erin. I'm the self-appointed president of the new St. Lawrence fan club. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm Rachel. (laughs) Now taking applications. Views and opinions expressed on the Lutheran Ladies' Lounge podcast may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO Radio, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. The Lutheran Ladies' Lounge is produced by KFUO Radio and available at kfuo.org or wherever you get your podcasts. Join our community on Facebook in the Lutheran Ladies' Lounge. Dwayne is here. Oh my God! <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Dwayne! He's Dwayne like, has reappeared, part two. Like, odd okay. jobs. Odd jobs, men. I'm going to take you to meet Dwayne this time. <gasps> yes! Oh, hooray! St. <laughs> Dwayne, I think. Oh, uh, ooh, there's an Andrea House oh, in her house. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have any candy. I'm a- Hello, okay, Dwayne. Okay, you guys say hello to my friends. Hello, how you Hi. doing? Hey, Dwayne. Uh, where's the good girl? She put me to work. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. That was the Halloween there and a safe one. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Nice Thanks. I'll see you tomorrow, Dwayne. This is the best day ever. <laughs>